Hello, and welcome to a butter-churning episode of We Only Look Thin. I am Katherine Weigel, and I have lost 150 pounds, and I am here with my husband, Donald Weigel, who has lost... 104 pounds. Yay! Hey, that's me, Donald Weigel. It is, and today we are going to talk about butter-churning. Butter-churning. And how it relates to the Amish. In our episode, Rumspringa. 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 The fine Amish... Can we just keep saying Rumspringa? Yes. Uh, for 30 minutes. The dictionary defines Rumspringa as rum. Rum is a delicious beverage that is good <laughs> with mojitos. You can drink it in the spring. In the spring. Uh, no, but today we are going to talk about uh, taking a break from weight loss and even thinking about it at all. Because as we have said in a previous episode, uh, dieting is stupid and we hate it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't hate it right now. No. But uh, I, it has been my primary thought, whether I've been doing it or not, uh, losing weight, having weight, uh, finding it, keeping it, getting rid of it. For 44 years now, I think about it all the time. and I've I, been thinking about it even longer than that, because I'm older than you. You have. And I uh, was actually thinking that maybe at some point we could interview uh, a couple of friends who have always been thin and ask them what they do with their spare time, because I feel like I think about my weight and food nine... Is there something more than 100%? Like, can you, can I open up more of my brain? 102% is more. Isn't that, don't they say that humans only use 10% of their brain or something? That's actually not true, but it is something they say. But I, uh, I feel like all I do is think about food somehow or how I look or whatever. And I don't know what naturally slim people think about all day. I use 102% of my brain to think about food all the time. Yes, and 100% of that is Doritos, and and 2% (laughs) of that is churning butter. 2% of that is churning butter, and 1% of the 102%, which is now 103%. It's too much math. Too much math. Too much math. Anyway, so we, you know, I have been doing this uh, last time journey since January of 2016, and for 41 years, I quit my way up and down the scale. Uh, to a high of 300 pounds. And this last time journey, when I started in January 2016, I had no intention of losing uh, my last 100 pounds. I just didn't want to feel like I was going to rip my pants. Like, it wasn't, a, you know, there was no moment where I was like, this is it. Like, it's happening. It was more like, I really don't want to rip my pants at work. Like that was my, <laughs> that was my like. If, That's a good if, goal. If I could lose five pounds and not rip my pants, like I'm a winner. And you know, and then I tried for another five and another five, and that's how I worked my way down the scale. But there have been plenty of times, and I think Donald has too, where like I don't want to do this. No, like I don't want to do this. It is hard, hard work to be mindful and aware of my emotions and considering loopholes and all of the amazing things we've taught you in the last number of episodes. Yeah, and we always talk about making, you know, gentle, sustainable changes, things that you can do for the rest of your life, but it is still not easy. There are still days I just want to, you know, say, forget it, and only, it's a different F word, I want to (laughs) say, and um, just eat all the food, which is a lot of days. And we did that for many, many years, and we 
had to pay the price for those choices. And uh, I think we can we can see it as a struggle. We can see the compromises that we have to make as a struggle. But we pay a price for whatever choice we make. We, we pay a price for sticking to our habit goals. It means that we can't just tuck in to the all-you-can-eat buffet with a giant ladle spoon and uh, <laughs> eat all of the macaroni and cheese. Uh, we pay a price for that choice. We get annoyed. We say it's not fair. We say other people can do it. But you you pay a price for a, a positive choice and a negative choice. And the negative choice comes with heartburn and pant ripping. And uh, we work with a lot of people in our accountability groups and then again uh, in, in other groups that, that I'm a part of uh, where not everybody makes this. Not everybody gets to a, a goal weight. Um, a lot of people work really, really hard and then decide that they just don't want to do it anymore. Um, you've had experience with not wanting to do it anymore, haven't you, Donald? Yeah, for sure. I mean... Right before I started um, on this particular adventure, um, I guess it's all been an adventure since the beginning, but um, the, you know, started down the path that led me to losing the 100 pounds, um, I had decided I was just going to give up. Um, I was tired of it. I didn't want to do it anymore. And I just decided I was going to eat whatever I wanted. I wasn't going to exercise and I was going to get as big as I got and mission that was just... accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Goal achieved, level you know, up. When I set my mind on something, <laughs> I achieve it, let me tell you. And and then, you know, life slapped me in the face or my doctor slapped me in the face with a diabetes diagnosis and I had decided to give up and do whatever I wanted in the food world, and I had to pay the price, which was that I got diabetes. And I've I've said this over and over again. The doctor looked me straight in the face and said, you know, you do what you want, but if I were you, I would lose some weight. Because if you don't, you're going to, you know, complications from diabetes can include having to cut your feet off. And... Uh, <laughs> Seriously. I thought you were going to say a curse word. <laughs> Cut your French bread. Or going blind. And those were two things I did not want to do. Those were two consequences I did not want to have to go through. And so I pouted for a while and tried to get my head on straight. And here I am. And here he is, an inspiration to all, <laughs> to all he sees and all who hear him. Um, but I had decided to take a rum springa from from trying to keep it together. Yes, and should we just should we tell people what rum springa is in case they don't yes. know? Yes. So uh, the the fine Amish community will not be hearing this because they don't use electricity or podcasts. But uh, there is a point in the Amish culture where they sort of set their young folk free. Uh, at it ranges from age 14 to 16 to 21 where uh, they've grown up in a certain uh, in their in their community and then they are kind of let loose to uh, to see what the English do and live in English style <laughs> wearing parachute pants uh, right drinking coca-cola <laughs> listening to MC hammer and 
watching the uh, Hardy Boy mysteries. <laughs> yes, as one does when one is living the free life. No, there was actually. I don't know why that popped there into was, my head. I think there was actually a Rum Springer Amish show that had these Amish children who were wearing, you know, very. Uh, you know, going from, from wearing bonnets and churning butter to, you know, like going to all-night raves and doing coke. And they had, pa- <laughs> they had pagers. Pagers. No, but they, like, these kids, like, go out into society and they break free and do all of the, the bad English things uh, that, uh, you know, that us U.S. Americans do. I feel like we're qualified to discuss this because we've both been to Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, we have. We and have. we know that it is pronounced Lancaster and Lanca- not not Lancaster. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Uh, but yeah, I've done twenty seconds of internet research, and Rum Rumspring has sounded like a good thing to say. But it's it's about you know letting the kids sort of go free and decide if they want to be baptized into uh, to adult Amish uh, culture and commit to their community and. And I, you know, in in our last two and a half years on this uh, journey adventure, journey venture, journey venture, ad journey, I, I can't, I can't ship those two things together. But you know, we have said before that we only look thin. There is no guarantee that we are going to stay at our current weights at all. And we have seen people who have stopped their journeys and who have gone all rum and all spring and not <laughs> returned and it it is it is hard to see because we want to see everyone live up to their full potential which you know I never thought that I would be the way that I am now like ever ever it never occurred to me that this would happen well, unless a shark that, bit off my leg for that matter I've done it a couple of times I mean I I lost you know 50 pounds uh or more a couple of times before this and I always managed to then uh have a rumspringa and gain it all back um so when it I happens was... he jumps up and says rumspringa and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then that just... starts it off <laughs> And then he goes on Amazon Prime and then orders we... a case of Doritos in yeah. one, not even a bag, just powdered so we can just eat it in just, powder form. It's just a box of Doritos, <laughs> like with loose Doritos. Can you in imagine it? if they sold Doritos in like a powder, like a protein powder, so you can get it into your system as quickly as possible? Put it in my blender and have a smoothie. With cheese, some sort of a queso situation. Yeah. But like... You know, I started listening to the Half Size Me podcast when it had already had, I I think Heather had been interviewing people for four years, and I would listen to podcasts, and there was one in particular that I listened to with a woman who sounded cool and liked cool kid things like Harry Potter, and, and I thought to myself, wow, I would like to get to know her better, and she had maybe been interviewed two years before I actually listened to the episode, and I think you will find... I I went and I looked this person up. She had gained back all of her weight and was no longer focused on weight loss. And in her episode, she actually talked about, like Heather asked, oh, you know, so what are your plans for maintenance? And the, the woman said, oh, you know, I haven't really given that thought yet, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. And she was really awesome and I loved her story. And when I checked her out two years after her interview, she had gained all of her weight back. And since then, she has gained more weight and has not made it a priority in her life. So, 
this is, you know, any long form interview that you listen to, any, you know, anything is a snapshot of where someone is at that time. And a lot of why we do this podcast is to stay present and aware and connected because we could easily go into hiding and uh, yeah, a year from now that we may be calling this podcast, We Don't Even Look Thin. <laughs> yeah, we used to look thin. We used to look thin. <laughs> and, but it, you know, it is, you know, and we have heard people say too, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm jealous of X person's progress or, you know, oh, they make it sound so easy. Not, I mean, not, not about us in particular, but, you know, people who are jealous of other people's uh, success. And there is no guarantee in this. It is not you know, like the weight loss is is guaranteed to us and we have to continue to fight for this choice. And all of it is a choice. Thinking about weight is a choice. Uh, again, I don't know what thin people think about. If you're a thin person, send us a message. <laughs> what do you think about? Um, Let us know what other thoughts enter your mind I, besides like, I food. cannot, like, maybe that's how they become successful is by doing other endeavors. Um, but, you know, all of this is just a point in time. And it can be really exhausting to have to think about it all the time, especially when you have a regain. I know I went into maintenance last year and proceeded to gain 10 pounds after that and felt like I was out of control, just snacking on all the things. And... I had to decide whether or not I was going to start fighting for myself again. And, and I did, and I've been maintaining uh, my weight for a year now. Um, but there are people all the time who are just like, I'm done. I'm tired. It's exhausting. And, you know, so I, I guess our point is you don't have to do this. You don't have to lose any weight. There is nobody telling, you know, unless it's your doctor literally telling you <laughs> you have to lose weight. Like, you can do whatever you want. But you have to be prepared to pay the consequences of that, you know, either direction. Um, it, you know, life has, you have choices, and then you have to live with the the results of those choices. And my, my choice for a while was to not do anything about my weight and to eat whatever I wanted. And it was a fun few months, but then... <laughs> the reality of diabetes crept in and I had to, you know, basically reap what I had sown. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I too quit my way up the scale and I, I would actually say like, well, you know, I would get on the scale. I would not like what it said. I would, you know, go for months at a time without getting on the scale with my clothes getting tighter and tighter. And I was saying, I think we're going to do another episode on clothing, but I had in my closet from size 16 to 24 to kind of bounce up and down around in. And I, I know on this last time journey, you know, we went on an indulgent food vacation and I literally had one pair of pants that I fit into. And I remember telling myself, you know what, I'm going to let myself go until these pants get too tight and then I'll figure it out. And then I will lose weight so that I fit in the pants again. And then I will, you know, uh, put the scale away and I'll just gain weight again until my pants get tight. And I had to stop that you know, yo-yoing because it's exhausting. That does not sound like a good plan, by it the way. It is not a good plan. And I did it for decades, decades. And I know 
listening out there, it can seem daunting. It can seem unfair. It can seem like it's taking a long time. But we have nothing but time to figure this out. And that is why doing it very slowly and very, uh, you know, within your scope, you know, I'm not going to work out you know, hardcore doing cardio for an hour a day. That's not the life that I have right now. I can go for a walk in the morning. That fits my style. And it is helping me maintain this weight loss. There is a a wonderful uh, woman in one of my support groups um, that has lost about a pound, pound and a half a month, a pound and a pound and a half a month. Listen to that. Not a week, a month. Yeah, not a week. Guess what? She's lost nine pounds this year. Like, that is like a stealthy damn way to lose weight. And it's super impressive. And when you think to yourself, like, it's not enough, you know, one pound, what's it going to matter? Add up. There are 12 months in a year. And if you lose a pound a month, that's at least four pounds. Oh, wait, no, that's at least 12. (laughs) But like, you know, for someone who has maintained their weight for two years accidentally by, by hardcore dieting and then binging, you know, if you think about losing 12 pounds in a year after you've gained 12 pounds a year for the last number of years, like, that's huge. And yeah, doing something is better than doing nothing, it turns out. And every little bit, like, people want fast results. They want a get-thin-quick scheme. And that isn't the way to do this sustainably for the rest of your life. Um I understand the urge to go on a rumspring. I still have those urges. I still occasionally succumb to those urges. Um, But I have to always ask myself, where is that going to get me? Am I going to throw away all of the hard work I've done so far? Um, And the answer is no, I'm not going to do that. Um, I recently had a very hard week at work. And For whatever reason, um, a couple of friends, uh, a friend was in town, a couple of friends wanted to get together for lunch, and I went out to lunch and had, uh, had an, it was planned, uh, a planned lunch even, but it just triggered something in me, and I went bananas the rest of the day. You did not eat bananas. No, I did not eat bananas, but I went bananas. I could not stop eating food. You went Doritos. I went totally Doritos. (laughs) I just, I, it was like I had completely lost control of myself. I had a mini rumspringa um, during the day, uh, unplanned during that one day. And then the next day I woke up and I had to ask myself, am I going to throw away all the progress I've, I've had so far from one rumspringa? From one bananas? <laughs> one bananas. <laughs> and I decided, no, I was not going to do that. And I felt like myself again. And I got right back on my plan. And I've been, I've been, you know, really, I I hate to say good or bad, I've been really solid ever since. Well, and I think too, it's how we self-identify. Do you self-identify as a quitter, a failure? Um, You know, I think it is, in the past, I would see it as good or bad or compliant or non-compliant. And that's how I quit my way from 200 pounds up to 300 pounds because I just kept quitting, hiding from the scale. And I still have really bad days. I think I ate yesterday probably a thousand calories worth of Pringles. What? 
I, I, I tracked all my calories. I was still <laughs> fine. But, like, I snacked my way through the day. I just learned this. I saw the Pringles and thought they were for our daughter. And I'm making I know. I totally right bought now. them for our daughter. I'm so bad. I put them in the cabinet so I can't see them now. But, like, I still have really bad days. But instead of days that turn into months and years, it's now a day. And then I self-correct. And I identify as a an inspiration. I <laughs> identify as a leader, as someone who is in control, as someone who is capable of change. I have a growth mindset, which we'll talk about in another episode. But I feel like I am I, can't wait. I am a fit person. I am a fit person who still really likes food and I self-correct quickly. That is how I identify. And part of the taking a mental break, which I think, you know, I I can't remember when it was. A, a few weeks ago, I had a day where I ate terribly and I had terrible heartburn, like really bad. Like, why did I do this to myself? Heartburn. Welcome to Rum Springer. Welcome Here's to Rum your heartburn. <laughs> With a it's side like of it's like you're room. getting off the plane, and instead of them putting a lay, a lay around your you, neck, it's like heartburn. Yeah, it yeah, like a Tums bracelet. A like Tums a, bracelet. <laughs> Ooh, emergency Tums like, bracelet. You know those candy necklaces? They should just have ones that are Tums, tums. for grown-ups. Oh, that's fantastic! But like, I felt idea. terrible, and it was like a food hangover, and I was like, I don't want to feel like this, and it. That feeling is addictive. That compulsive eating habit, the emotional eating habit is still lives within me, but I self-correct quickly and I identify as someone who is capable of change and capable of self-correction and that taking a break and, you know, I am not motivated to do this. Like, <laughs> I am not. You're not? No. Like, motivate. Like, people say, like, oh, I need motivation. Like, hey, how about your leg not falling off? Like, how's that for motivation? When you're in your 20s and, you know, it's a vanity thing. It's, you know, oh, I want to fit into this for a wedding that I'm going to. Or I have a reunion that I want to go to and I want to I wanna look good. Like, spoiler alert, we are in our 40s. And you know what I want to do? I want to not break a hip when I'm 60. Like, yeah, like this is this is your life. And, you know, this is this is what you have to, you know, this is the only one you get. And you you have to do the best you can with it. And I wish that I had learned that lesson a long time ago. And I had never gotten to the diabetes diagnosis and just been somebody who walked around thin and without the threat of having my leg cut off or going blind thrown in my face. It would have been awesome if he had just be like, preventative medicine, I'm just going to cut your foot off now and then we don't have to worry about it. But like we were actually, we were interviewed recently by a fitness blogger and she talked about... Uh, what was it? Preventative medicine? Yeah, you can't sell prevention. You can't. And, and, you know, I think what we're right now is trying to sell prevention. And we've been told you can't do it. But we're telling you, let's do it anyway. Let's do it. But I think it is it is all fun and games until you realize that, like, you only live once. Like, it is a real thing. And getting to the point where you have to ride in a scooter to get around target because you cannot walk like that is a real threat to grown-ups like i love food i also love 
having feet. And so I have to balance that with two L's uh, and uh, <laughs> and figure out a way. It does not have two L's, disclaimer. It, it, to, uh, to walk that line between my impulse, my toddler-like impulses. Walk that line with the two feet that you actually with have. With the two feet, not one foot. Um, unlike balance, I have two feet, L's. Um, but it is a choice. And my motivation is is less important than my habits. My habit of pre-tracking my food, drinking water, um, not indulging every uh, impulse that I have because I have so many impulses, and that's the that's the uh, the, the preteen rumspringa like you only live once, you've got time to figure it out. Like we are TikTok people, we're getting older. Yeah, you can tell yourself that that oh you'll get to it eventually or that you know you only live once you you can go on that rumspringa but you have to be willing to suffer the consequences of that and the consequences aren't good and you have to you know one thing i like to Catherine was just saying you know you have to decide what kind of person you would like to be i am the kind of person who who sticks to my plan and is going to lose that weight, whether it takes me um, whether it takes me six months or six years, like I'm going to get there. Uh, I'm going to get there whether it's a tiny bit at a time, or I'm going to put in more effort and and lose the weight faster. Um, going on that rum spring is not going to get you there. No, and I have you know we still see people who say, oh, I I want to lose you know, 50 pounds by October for the wedding that I'm in or whatever. And it is so dangerous to put a deadline on a goal. You know, the goal is, you know, like I've lost, you know, 150 pounds. I still am self-conscious. I'm still socially awkward. I'm still, you know, a work in progress. There's still clothes that don't look good on me. It's not like, this magic number happens and then life is fixed. And, you know, should we be telling people everything is perfect now? I don't think so. (laughs) But what I am is capable of walking 40 miles if I need to. Like, I know we did the uh, the Roger Roger show. (laughs) Um, But if you had to walk a mile to get someone's medicine and lift a refrigerator off of them. Like, but this is like real life real needs like i need to be able to walk i need to be able to care for myself in my dotage because i am quite confident that our daughter is going to uh not take care of us oh yeah no no she's gonna let us uh rot if but like we can't rely on others for motivation i mean i hope you rely on us for motivation but like motivation (laughs) is motivation is fleeting it's the habits that you put in place like you don't you don't go to work necessarily because you want to. You don't brush your teeth because it fills you with joy every day. You do it because you don't want all your teeth to fall out. And it is it is a habit that we put in place. And it's okay to be boring and not eye of the tiger and just repeat habits over and over again. Your bad habits are just habits that you put in place. Good habits are good habits that you put in place. Hmm. Mm, interesting. Interesting. So, so the good habits are good and the bad habits the are bad, bad habits but are, they're well, all they're, habits. But I think the, the question that you ask yourself is, how is this serving me? 
How is this habit serving me? How is this choice serving me? How is being a victim of my life serving me? I know um, sort of on a final note, maybe four or five years ago, I did one of those Facebook uh, take this test things that tell you whether or not you're you know, more like a toaster or a waffle iron. <laughs> um, but I, mm, I did, iron. I did this test and it, it was kind of, it was a more intensive one. It was sort of a personality test and it was like, you know, it was something like a hundred questions. It was like, do you trust other people? Are you growth? Do you have a growth mindset? Like what would you do in this situation? And the, the guy that I knew who, who took the test and showed his results was like, he's he's positive, he's outgoing, he's, you know, all of these things. And when I took it, it was like, I, I don't trust people. I'm, I hate people. <laughs> I, no, I really did. I wish I could find the test. Um, but it was like, I, um, I don't, I can't rely on other people. And it was such a, like, diametrically opposed to this other person who had this growth mindset. And I kind of, I don't know. Like, I thought that that positivity was a lie. Like, oh, must be nice to, you know, feel like that. Like, he doesn't have my life. Say it in the voice. Must be nice. There we go. Um, But I really, I saw this sort of metric picture of myself as a person who was limited, angry, um, and sort of self-imploding. And it wasn't nice. (laughs) That's right. I said nuts. <laughs> now you're limited, angry, but you're thin. And that was, <laughs> I am still all of those things. But, you know, seeing that picture of myself as someone who was angry and bitter and like it, it made me really self-conscious. And I was like, I can't get out of this. Guess what? I am much more positive now, much more open, much more open to change. I have stopped being a victim of my life. And I think that 40 plus years rumspringa that I took of victimizing myself and living in the moment and going for that quick fix of self-satisfaction through food and uh, takeout containers mostly, like... I am past that now, and I am actually trying to find that test because I would really like to see where I fit on it now, but I really feel like a different person. Like, I was in no place to motivate or inspire anyone three years ago. I would have thought it was, you know, just lip service that people with better lives and better circumstance had, and... Like, I really feel like if you're listening out there, you are so capable of making positive changes. And I, like, I never thought I would be this inspiring and perfect and wonderful. Well, I I can tell you, you are inspiring the heck out of me right now. That was beautifully said. Thank Thank you. But it's true. Like, it is so possible and it is so much better. Like, I feel like both of us are just, I mean... We're still negative Nellies. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but really, if we can do this, like, really anybody can do it. I mean, there was nobody less motivated. There was nobody more invested in their rumspringas than us. And we've managed to do this. So we know you can, too. And think about the you in five years, ten years. What do you want for that person? If you can't do it for yourself of today... What do you want for your future self? Because I want someone who is independent, who can walk up and down stairs, who can lift refrigerators off of <laughs> injured people. No, no, Roger. No, no, we don't want that. Um, but 
what do you see yourself as? How do you identify yourself? Because I identify you as capable, strong, whip smart, funny, good at all things, and so capable of more than you're giving yourself today. I also envision you as the kind of people who have excellent taste because you're listening to this podcast, this free podcast, which we uh, we put out. You get all of this content for no charge. So I see you as the kind of person who is going to go directly to iTunes or your, uh, your podcast provider and give us a wonderful review. Yes, if it could be a five-star review, that would be super helpful. And because you know why? Because... We get placed on iTunes based on the number of uh, stars and reviews that we get. If nobody posts on iTunes, then we go to the very bottom of the list. And I see you as the kind of person who wants to share your good ideas with those around you. So give us a post on uh, on iTunes. If you're the kind of smart, intelligent person who has gotten something valuable out of this, please uh, help us out and do that. And if you are Amish and don't have access to electricity or radio signals, you're not listening to this podcast right now. Ask a friend, Go though, get your kids out of Rumspringa. <laughs> <laughs> go churn some butter. Uh, the Amish are wonderful people, uh, and we are grateful to have them uh, as a source of reference and, and, and inspiration here. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review us. It would mean so much to us. We so appreciate it. You can also contact us through our website at weonlylookthin.com. Uh, you can send us an email, uh, weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook. And if you are on your own personal rumspringer right now, and you are knee-deep in a pile of churned butter of your own making, don't forget that Donald and I are... An inspiration, Asian, 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 Asian. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.